It's a beautiful morning. The birds are chirping. The sun is shining. And you're listening to Breakfast with Next up, some smooth jazz on your drive to unemployment. What the I know it's mean to say you're green, but you gots to leave WWE. You're not fit to be the shit, so stay at home and make my grits. That's the first verse. If anybody's looking for a new co-host for any radio <laughs> show, I'm available. Good evening, wrestling fans, entertainment fans. This is Anthony of www.wrestling-news.com. I want to thank you very much for listening tonight. Oh, how I had no idea that the wrestling world was filled with atheists. Dixie, you are forgiven. Hey, I'm Kermit D. Frog. I am the new GM for Raw. NXT! NXT! Yay! Get the fuck out of here. Go into the TNA impact zone with one of those metal detector wands. And when Hogan comes out to cut his promo and he's doing the air guitar, just turn the fucking thing on. Since youngins do listen, some of your youngins out there do listen, I think it's a little bit too inappropriate to be using the word cut on this show. People out there, remind me in a little while the word Hindu. That's how the shows go. If you're new to the show, whatever comes to my mind, that's what I say. <laughs> uh, total nonstop Anthony, that's what you got tonight. Total nonstop Anthony. Total nonstop Anthony. Total nonstop Anthony. Wow. It appears Sasha Banks has the snowflake demographic cornered. You know, fuck that cricket wireless, Sasha. You need to do some fucking Swiss Miss commercials. Jesus. The amount of heat that I got from my comments on Monday's show has been incredible. And I will do something I don't normally do. Later on in the show, I will sincerely apologize to some of you fans out there who are big-time Sasha Banks fans because some of what I said Monday may not have come off as clear as it should have. But there are others out there, you get no sympathy from me whatsoever. Because yours truly, going back to 1997 doing hotlines, there are two very important guidelines. When I do these shows and when you tune into these shows. Going back then, I've been going by the same two guidelines for all of these years. Number one, the difference between yours truly and 99% of the other shows out there is that since 97, I have been talking to you while other shows talk at you. They record audio and you tune in fine. You don't tune in fine. Their audio is recorded at you. It's not personal. They don't listen closely to how you feel, what you're thinking, what the trends are in your listeners' comments, feedback, response. They talk at you, not to you. But in return, all I ask is that you listen to what I say and not just hear it. And it's just amazing. On Monday, what I said about the Sasha Banks tweets, 
that people really just hear what they want to hear and they don't actually listen to what I fucking said. And I'll just throw it out there right now. You know, I had some choice comments about Sasha Banks posting these cryptic tweets, you know, about her condition, you know, showing fucking sunlight in the woods and a boyfriend or husband is saying, you know, no matter what it is, you know, I'm always there for you, blah, 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 and all this cryptic shit. And all I said on Monday was, look, she's out with an injury. We don't know what it is. All right. We don't have a right to know why she's injured. Let's make that perfectly clear. We can speculate. We can wonder. It's always good to know because then you avoid speculation and you avoid assumptions. But we're not required to know. My whole problem with Sasha Banks and not Alexa Bliss and not Goldust and not anybody else who's been recently injured is they didn't go on fucking social media and post these cryptic, stupid shit where young fans, young hardcore fans of Sasha Banks is reading this stuff. And, you know, Lord knows. I mean, just look at the feedback. Look at what these people are writing, you know, praying for her, really upset and, you know, what's wrong and blah, 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 blah. You know, the cryptic tweets that she wrote is what I had a problem with. And the funny thing is, is that 99% of the people that ripped me a new asshole for Monday all left out the fact that I was commenting about her cryptic tweets because what did I get thrown into my face? Alexa Bliss didn't tell us why she's injured. Alexa Bliss didn't tell us why she's injured. Alexa Bliss didn't tell us why she's injured. She didn't fucking post stupid quick cryptic tweets. That's what my problem was. And again, this is just an opinion show. What I do is opinion. Yes, we cover news. Yes, we sift out the bullshit. We give you the accurate stuff. One of my old models from back in the day is we don't want to be first. We want to be right. So, yeah, we do report things as well. But when I get into commentary, that's just my opinion. You don't have to agree with it. It's not right or wrong. But, man, people out there could not handle what I said on Monday. Now, for some of you more mellow fans of Sasha Banks that actually listened to what I had to say. You know, a lot of you out there felt that I was way too hard on her. Some of you are like, oh, he's not a Sasha Banks fan. He's a hater. He's been shitting on her for a long time. No, there's actually a lot of clips where I've actually praised her. A lot of you seem to forget that when she won the women's title that night, I actually got choked up. Now, it's not because she just won, but because it was a couple of things surrounding her title win that were a little bit emotional. And you go back and listen to it. I'm not going to fucking pull it up for you. You go, you want to look for it, you go find it. Just look once she won the title on TV and then listen to the recap we did and you could hear the comment. It's on YouTube. So I don't have to be a fan of somebody 24-7. All right, just like the Roman Reigns thing on Monday. And I appreciate everybody out there who listened to what I said about my views uh, uh, towards Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins at that convenience store towards those little kids. I got virtually no criticism. Now, let's be honest. Fans out there that don't like Roman Reigns loved what I said. But even Roman Reigns fans understood my point. Okay? They're not obligated to sign, take pictures for anybody. They're not. 
my point was if they were in a restaurant, if they were in an amusement park, if they were at a family function, if they were with their wife and kids, if they were doing something that's that's private, you respect that privacy. You want to approach them anyway, good luck. If they turn you down, you respect it. You're not owed anything, all right? But when you're in a fucking convenience store and you got a fucking guava in your hand and two little kids come up to you and say, could you take a picture with me? The amount of time it took Seth Rollins to come up with that fucking lame excuse that picture could have been taken. So in just my opinion, if it was an adult, if it was a teenager, if it was, that's different. But you're talking about two, five, seven, eight-year-old kids or whatever, whatever their age was. I just thought it was wrong, but it's just an opinion. And a lot of you out there, just about all of you out there totally respected how I felt, even though some of you out there didn't agree with it, but I stick with it. I stick with it. You know, you got two little kids, you're in the entertainment business, you know, you're pushed as the focal point of your product. You're a baby face. You're fucking pushing merchandise towards the kids, you know, really, really hard and two of those little kids are gigantic fans of yours, happen to see you a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and you fucking brush them off like that? No, I just I think that's just totally wrong, in my opinion. But again, this is why I say listen to what I say and not just hear it. If they were with their family, in a restaurant, a function, then I could see a little bit differently. But in that situation, totally disagree how they handle that. So anyway... Big news coming out of today is the dismal raw ratings from Monday. Started out at 2,490,000, finished up at 2.2 million, lowest rated raw in its history. In its goddamn history. And don't give me this nonsensical, stupid bullshit that Monday night football and season premieres of blah, blah, blah were on TV. That has been happening since 1990 goddamn three. Funny thing is, is that I actually take the time to do this. Blows me away that other podcasts and websites don't do it. The information is there. Are you that goddamn lazy? I went and I looked at WWE's ratings five years ago. And then I looked at Monday Night Football's ratings five years ago. And the funny thing about it was five years ago, Monday Night Football had 11 million viewers. Same of what it has now. Five years ago, Monday Night Raw did almost 33% higher in the ratings. You want to go 10 years ago? Fucking Monday Night Raw had over 4 million viewers. So don't tell me this crap that, oh, well, it was Monday Night Football, and that's why it's the lowest rating in history. There's always been Monday Night Football. Don't give me that nonsense. The bottom line is, and I've been saying this for over 10 years, that Wrestling, WWE, is no longer must-see television. You want to watch a Hulu clip? Fine. You want to watch a YouTube clip? Fine. You want to see something that somebody posted online from a match or a segment? Fine. But the days right now, and that could change, but the days of, oh, man, Monday Night Raw starting in five minutes. I got to get ready, get ready, get ready. No, it's not there anymore. There are still fans. Everybody out there still watches television. What it comes down to is that fans are choosing to watch something else on Mondays and on Tuesdays than your product. That's what it is. 
Don't give me this crap of Monday Night Football or Caesar premieres because when those shows do dismal ratings, you never see an executive from CBS, Fox, ABC, NFL say, well, Monday Night Raw was on TV. Come on. It's because they fucking have a brain. When you have your product, you know, this was a mistake that yours truly did early on when I started going from hotlines to podcasting in 2004. You know, there were uh, some other goofy shows out there, and I don't want to mention any names, you know, because I realize now at the end of the day, everybody's trying to entertain their listeners to the best they possibly can. Sure, other people do it now so they could just feel wanted or feel like, you know, like they have some attention their way. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people do this stuff now. It's amazing seeing some podcast out there, they get 40 listeners and they got fucking GoFundMes and Patrons and, you know, all these charity things. Please help me stay survive. If you can't fucking afford drawing 40 viewers and your source is Podbean, what the fuck are you doing this stuff for? It's called sacrifice. It's called doing work. And, you know, you see places out there. And, and again, you know, you go back to early days of yours truly doing podcasting in 05. And the biggest mistake I did was I used to always poke fun at the garbage podcasts out there. I, I would single out people and, you know, just confront dumb shit. And yeah, I still do it to this day. I know a lot of you right now say, what the fuck are you talking about, Don Tony? You still do that now. I don't individually single anybody out. I do that for a reason because a lot of you out there look at the same websites that we all do. Now, I happen to have some sources that I always rely on, and I don't share them for particular reasons, and this, this, and that, but, you know, it's my job to research and find out what's legit and what's not. You see what we talked about the last couple of weeks. There's one particular podcast that put out, like, these really bombshell news reports, and it was like seven things that they broke in a row that would just were not true. And I'm saying to myself, why are all these websites putting credence into this? So back in 05, I used to make fun of everybody else. And then somebody had a very long talk with me that's in the wrestling business. I'm not going to say who it was, but the person said to me, they said, you know, you know, de Blasi, because I wasn't Don Tony yet at the time, you know, you do a really good job. You bust your ass you have a lot of common sense, you do the research, you put out a really good product. There's a reason why your hotline was the number one hotline in the United States back in the day, which is true. Nobody disputes that. There's a reason why we're consistently in the top five of a lot of places that we push that, you know, host shows, you know, there's a reason. And the thing is, is because you do a good job, have focus on having people tune in because you do good, not because others do bad. And that never left my mind. I swear to you, as ridiculously stupid as this sounds, every time I do a show, this week in wrestling history, Don Tony and Kevin Castle, this show, Breakfast Soup, my goal is, is to give you the best content I could do. I'm not professional. This is hobby. This is amateurish. I'm never going to be polished. But at the end of the day, I want you to tune in to me because you like what I do and I put out a good product, not because someone else is bad. And I think every single person out there should live by that. 
you want people to pay attention to you because of the good that you do, not because of the bad other people do. And WWE needs to focus on that. Stop using an excuse that you're available on fucking Hulu, YouTube, Twitch, blah, 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 blah. No. Make your fucking product must-see television. Give people a reason that when they got to choose, do I watch Monday Night Football or do I watch Raw? They turn around and say, oh, fuck that. I'm watching Raw. You know, I'll fucking DVR the game. And if, the, you know, if my team won or if the games, you know, people say it was good, then I'll watch it. That is the problem. WWE is not must-see television anymore. Look, this I've, I'm always cool with these segments where they promote Make-A-Wish and Connor's Cure and the breast cancer and they do these things on TV because I've had family members who are cancer victims cancer victims. I have some who are cancer survivors. Yours truly right now is a little bit concerned with a health condition that a doctor has told me could possibly be related to that. I don't know if it is or if it's not. We haven't had the test done yet. I have to have a surgery next Friday on my spine. But the thing is, is that, you know, when you realize that your product is not must-see TV, you know what? Maybe you do the fucking Connors Cure thing, maybe during a commercial break. Maybe you do it, you know, at a different time or a different point during the week to spend 15, 20 minutes when you know you got football as competition. And I know what some of you are saying out there right now. How could you turn around and take away a really, really charitable segment for the sake of ratings? You have advertisers, you have revenue. Look at the fucking TV deal that WWE got for SmackDown. The, that hundreds of millions of dollars. Why did they get that TV deal? Because that network realizes with, without UFC and without other sports, they will die. They need to have some type of form of sports or sports entertainment on their network to keep viewers. So they overpaid for SmackDown. I think every financial consultant out there will tell you that... They paid, they overpaid for SmackDown because there was no other option. All right, when options do become available, that's when the value of other products start declining. And I'm sorry, the lowest fucking rated Raw this week in the history of Monday Night Raw, there is no way to spin that good. And remember something that I said about a month ago. That has anybody ever taken notice on how dismal the ratings are with the Shield being reunited since over a year ago? Has anybody ever stopped to think about those ratings? Those ratings keep going down and down and down and down and down. You know, sorry for people that are hardcore fans of the Shield, the hardcore fans of Rollins, Ambrose, Reigns. There is no other way to spin it. I brought this up a month ago that people need to start taking notice of the lack of ratings that this group is getting and to, to see that they're, they're close to not breaking 2 million. Do you remember fucking TNA Impact when they were doing 1.6, 1.8? Didn't Hulk Hogan's debut do over 2 million? Think about that. Hulk Hogan's debut on TNA Impact did the same or possibly bigger rating that Raw got on Monday. What does that tell you? That is the biggest problem that WWE is facing right now. They are not must-see TV. And I'm telling you, these ratings keep going down. 
You think that it's not going to affect their business? You know, you run a thousand shows a year now instead of 500. And then when you stop to think about it, that there's 3,000 people attending on regular house shows where 6,000 were attending a year or two ago, that's of concern. And the point that I brought up on Breakfast Soup about, I think it was two or three weeks ago, that WWE is very, very slick right now. And it's smart business. You know, they're going to Australia. Let's say they draw 40,000 people. And I think that's even on the low. But let's just say they draw 40,000 people. Okay. Now, you have three house shows here in the United States. They do 4,000, 4,000, and 4,000. So now, if you only have those three shows and you put out a financial report and they ask you the average house show attendance, what do you do? You take the number of events and you divide it into the total number of people who attended, and that's your average. So you had three house shows, 4,000, 4,000, and 4,000. That comes out to 12,000 people. You divide that by three shows, and you could go on your financial report and say our average household attendance was 4,000, right? Makes sense. Now, for the fourth show, you add in Australia, which did 40,000. So now you take 4,000 plus 4,000 plus 4,000 plus 40,000. Now you got 52,000. Divide 52,000 into four. Now on your financial report, you can say average house show attendance was 13,000 a show. Even though three of your four shows only did 4,000. Now on paper, like, wow, they're doing average 13,000. That's why the extra research is so critical, especially with what's going on right now. I know a lot of you out there, don't pay attention to the ratings. Think the ratings don't matter. I've been hearing that for 20 years. All right, if the ratings didn't matter, there's a reason why some federations are out of business. Some federations are dropped from fucking networks. There's a reason why places are out of business. All right. So, and it's not just ratings. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why, but this is not good. This is not good for WWE. Now, fallout from Brie Bella with the knees on Monday, Liv Morgan has a concussion. A lot of people are wondering if she's going to make the Australia tour. I know WWE is going to do their damnest. And I know Liv Morgan really wants to make this tour. Um, right now it's up in the air. Uh, I will say this with the utmost respect. I've been on the internet since 1992 when it was just fucking computer chat bullshit because I have a fucking old camcorder tape of me and my friends hanging out over some girl's house. It was 1992 and she had the fucking internet. But for most of us who have been around for a while, you know, the internet really started becoming, you know, more of just a chat room. I'd say around 93, 94, right? Maybe 95 is really when it started to blow up a little bit more. So I've been around since then. And I've seen a lot of injuries to wrestlers over the years. I've seen wrestlers wrestle like shit over the years. I've seen wrestlers ha cause minor injuries to others. I've seen other some wrestlers, the way that they work in the ring, they were it was only a matter of time when they were going to injure people. And over those years, a plethora of wrestlers who have been very outspoken, talking about how important it is to know what you're doing in the ring because you're, that, you're, that other wrestler is putting their life in your hands, all right, to trust you. you. I mean, it's just, it's a mutual trust between two people in the ring. And over the years, there have been countless wrestlers who have expressed 
their opinions and criticized wrestlers who have, you know, botched and had things happen. Shit, accidents do happen in the ring. No doubt about it. I'm not going to bring up any individual ones. It's not fair. But accidents do, without a doubt, happen. But when you see Brie Bella week after week after week after week after week, fuck up and fuck up miserably. There's a reason why three weeks ago I made the comment, you breep what you sow. Not you not you reap what you sow, you breep what you sow. WWE, you reap what you sow. Because we all see it. We're not haters of Brie Bella. She seems like a nice lady. She's married to Daniel Bryan. They got a fucking kid named Birdie. They're total divas, total Bellas, all right? They've been on in the business for WWE for 10 years. God bless them. Sure, a lot of storylines in the past I hated, but it's nothing personal. But you see it week after week after week after week after week. Now, and I honestly believe this, I it's funny how every wrestler out there who can still move around better than a 75-year-old, everybody is defending Brie Bella. Everybody. Every single person out there is defending Brie Bella. And not just defending Brie Bella, but ripping the internet, social media community for even thinking that this was Brie Bella's fault or she's careless or inexperienced or anything like that. And get a kick at a little ace in a hole that has not been thrown around yet, but you will start seeing it. Bet you anything you want to bet. Right now, the wrestling community, the people in the business, former and current stars, Hall of Famers, they're all taking Brie Bella's side. And in my opinion, if Saudi money and international money wasn't floating around like pollen right now, I think some of them would be a little bit more outspoken. But look, TNA is not what it once was. It's Impact Wrestling. It's mostly Canada. All right. I, I, I hate to say it to people out there. There is no goddamn wrestling boom going on right now. Notice how New Japan and Ring of Honor, with the exception of WrestleMania weekend next year, you don't see them fucking trying to book five and 10,000 seat buildings all across the United States to fucking build on the all-in success because they don't believe that it's something that can, can remain, even a, a third of it. Notice that. All right, the money to be made is in WWE. And God forbid the Saudis want to see you. Oh my God, you could fucking hit Lotto. And that's the truth. One of the Saudis uh, princes, I think Turkey Al Sheikh, I think his name is. He's the chairman of the General Sports Authority in Saudi Arabia. He is the person who signed a 10 year deal with WWE to have these events. He posted on his Twitter today a photo of Hulk Hogan. Now, I didn't bother to translate it to see what it was and everything, but something tells me it doesn't say that Hulk Hogan is a disgrace. All right? So, WWE, if Saudi government wants Hulk Hogan at their fucking Saudi event and Hulk Hogan could even do a leg drop, get $5, $10 million for doing it, you know, yes, I know he won the Gorka lawsuit, but he's going to do it in a second. WWE ain't going to say no to Saudi Arabia. They're not going to fucking dare lose that deal. So right now, a lot of wrestlers who are no longer employed by WWE, who are regulated to doing podcasts and not much else and an indie show here here and there, they're thinking, wow, you know, I do an indie show, I get paid $2,000. 
if I could somehow get Saudi Arabia to remember my name, maybe I'll get paid a million. Think about that. Even if you're a, a Hall of Famer and you're doing a house show and you get paid five grand, which is considered a lot these days for an indie event. Let's say you get paid five grand because there are big time wrestlers that that's what they get paid. I'm not going to name names, but that's the fact. Now, think about getting paid a million dollars in Saudi Arabia. How many $5,000 indie shows do you have to make to get that? 200. 200. Jesus Christ, I make a million dollars. I could fucking live off that for the next five years and do nothing. So every wrestler right now that could move around is going to not go against WWE or say anything controversial. Now, look, for some wrestlers out there that are totally against WWE, that'll never, ever work for WWE again or never for the first time. Yeah, there's a good chance that they will say something to criticize Brie Bella. Brie Bella deserves criticism for what happened on Monday. All right. It, there's no doubt about it. You see what has been happening and people were bringing up examples that I didn't even remember over the last month. But you have these wrestlers and some of these podcasters that work for WWE and not only are they defending Brie Bella, but they're really lambasting you and I. You know, so again, the ace in the hole that I have not seen yet, but you will see it. You will see it. It's coming and when you start seeing it, it's going to be like dominoes. Everybody's going to say it, and it's going to keep falling and falling. And falling. You know what they're going to say? Uh, if you never wrestled, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm in the wrestling business. I wrestled, and I know what it's like to be in that ring, and accidents happen, and you have no right to say what you're saying because you're not a wrestler. You don't do what we do. That is the next wave coming. And when someone says that to you, how do you respond? How do you respond? You really can't. The only way that you can respond is just turn around and do what I said three weeks ago. Okay, WWE, you reap what you sow. Because when she seriously injures someone or herself, oh no, accidents happen. When she fucking falls on her head and seriously injures her neck, ah, accidents happen. Ah, no, accidents happen. When someone gets serious, ah, accidents happen. I mean, you can't turn around and just generalize it across the board that, oh, accidents happen. Accidents happen. Nobody's fault. Mistiming. Mistiming. So let them make the excuses. Let them hope for the Saudi Arabia payday and other places overseas. But at the end of the day, you and I know the truth. You see what we've been seeing for decades and decades. And, you know, it is a honecraft and what a lot of these wrestlers who are speaking out, podcasters, don't understand is that I used to love playing baseball. I tried out for my high school team. I didn't make it. I knew how to hit the ball. I knew how to field. I got fucking awards when I was in grammar school. But just because I knew how to play didn't mean that I could play great. And I never made the team. All right. I made the first two camps in football in my high school, but I didn't make the third camp. I used to play with my friends in some pretty brutal, hard games and got, you know, my ass handed to me. And I realized, you know, look, as good as I think I can play, just because I know how to play doesn't mean I'm a good player. All right. Just be, if everybody that played baseball in the major leagues, you know, were, were like top professionals and experts, everybody be hitting 300. 
just because you were trained and just because you know how to wrestle doesn't mean that you have, you know, the tools to be in sync in the ring. I, there's a reason why, you know, someone who, who does something, you know, may not do it as perfect as someone else. Just because you know how to do it doesn't mean that you can execute it well. Brie Bella is someone who knows how to wrestle, but unfortunately she does not do it good. And, uh, and sadly, there's been a lot of incidents in the last month. They had their baby a year ago. Don't give me this shit that she just had a baby and she just came back and this, this, and that. That's bullshit. That's nonsense. All right. Brie Bella, instead of being a wrestler who also acts, she is an actress who also wrestles. And sorry, I don't think that she should be in the position that she's in. Just, just my opinion. You know, I'm sorry, you know, Daniel Bryan. I'm sorry for Bella fans out there. It's nothing personal. But look, WWE breeps what they sow. And you saw more of it on Monday. And it's going to happen again, you know. And when it happens, you know, you could just say, you know, and when it becomes serious, oh, look, accidents happen. Eh, nobody's fault. Nobody's fault. Yeah, nobody's fault. Anyway, uh, congratulations to Kofi Kingston. Became the longest reigning tag team champion in WWE history. Not modern era. Not this fucking bullshit era here, here it there. No, history of WWE. 954 cumulative days with the title, surpassing Billy Gunn, who had the previous record of 953 days. Did you know that Billy Gunn had the record of the longest cumulative tag team run in history of WWE? I don't think a lot of you probably do that. Why? Because WWE never pushed it. But in the case of Kofi Kingston, you know, everybody's got to have a record. I'm sure you've heard me say that before. But still... That, that says a lot for Kofi Kingston because Kofi Kingston, I think at the end of the day, a lot of you out there will agree with me. He is very well liked. He is an excellent wrestler. He, you know, at some points in his career, we thought he would go a little bit further than others. It's a shame sometimes, you know, when Royal Rumble comes around, you know, he'll get the, you know, the perception of a push just so when he does a crazy spot in the Royal Rumble, it looks a little bit more, people have more eyes to it and everything. But Kofi Kingston is a huge bright spot on wrestling over the last 15 years. And um, I know there's a lot of records that I just think are absolutely dumb, and, but I think Kofi Kingston, without a doubt, earned this one. And that's a really cool thing to see, in my opinion. Shout out to Alejo, Alejo Torres and Raymond Pagella. Welcome and welcome back uh, to our Patreon page. Shout out to our associate producers and sponsors from Patreon. Tygsy Bowers, Michael Cuomo, Daniel Warren, Brian Byrne, Rob McCabe, Douglas McKay, Marcus Antonius, the Metaphor Isaac Fox by the Lewin, Carl Buteau, a.k.a. Cheese and Rice, Brandon Rice, Frank O'Shea, Julian LeBlanc, Anna, I don't give a shit about your kids, Banana, Douglas McKay, Murrow Coombs Jr., Kenneth Hewlett, Russell Zavala, Donald J. Trump, James Deal, Crestman, CJ Uihara. I will get into more shout outs in a little bit. Wow, I just fucking realized something. You know, when I do this week in wrestling history, you know, I do, I work on it all week. And then like I'll get, do the early release, usually on a late Friday night or early Saturday morning, post it on Patreon. And then anything that I um, inadvertently left out from the early release, I will record some additional footage on Monday morning or Monday afternoon. Then I put it online for everybody. And, I, and now I just realized next Friday, I got my spinal surgery which means I got to get this shit up a couple of days early. 
because I'm going to be fucking laid out on my back for a couple of days. So, you know, I, for everybody, you know, thank you for all the well wishes. I'm not saying it to get a whole bunch of attention to it. I've talked about this before. It was actually, I was supposed to get it done this past Friday, but everything was put on hold because of this sinus infection, bacterial infection, viral infection, which they think could also be something worse because of certain symptoms that I have. So it just sucks. But, you know, I think we will not have any interruptions with shows. So if you missed it on Monday, like I said, from now on, once a month, we're going to do a contest for our live listeners in the chat room. We're going to do once a month contest for everybody who follows me on Twitter at Don Tony D. We're going to do a contest once a month for everybody who listens on the download. I, I will not leave you guys out. And then we have, our, obviously, our regular contest that we do on Patreon as well. So thank you for the support as always. Hey, I want to share with someone, with everyone, a little technical tidbit, something that you may be experiencing. And if you ever experience this, take my advice. Remember this because it works. On Monday... During the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle show, I had made a comment during the show that I had a technical issue before we even started that my network card was giving me a little bit of a problem. All right. And I started getting a little nervous because, you know, everybody knows Mish at Wrestling Soup. He's been having major problems with his computer, and I think he's got everything squared away now. But what happened was on Monday, I was downloading something, prepare for the show, and I saw the file downloading like as if it was the year 1999. It was downloading slow as a motherfucker. So what I did was I went on, what, speedtest.net, and I did a speed test on my computer. And instead of getting 200 megabytes a second, you know, for the download, because my service is 200 megabytes, I was getting three megabytes. And I'm saying to myself, what the fuck is going on? Now, the upload speed was fine. Because those who listen to us live through Mixler, the upload speed is what I'm concerned about because that's what pertains to you. But downloading stuff, I was getting miserable, horrible speed. So I'm thinking, okay, my network card is giving me a problem. So for the last two days, I'm reading on my computer, network cards, problems. I know that there's new technology now. You could just plug it in a USB port and you could have you know your network that way and shit like that. But then I came across a technical page that said that there is a new service that was installed in the computers not too long ago called Smart Byte Network Service. This is for Windows. And what's happening is, is that that service is basically telling your computer, you only need five megabytes of speed right now. You're not downloading nothing. So don't worry about it. Now, you would think when I started downloading something on Monday night, the computer should have said, hey, you're downloading something now. Let me speed your shit up. Didn't do that. So somebody said to me, look, turn off this service in your computer. It should fix your problem. I turned the service off. My download speed went from four or five megabytes a second to 200 megabytes a second. Just like that. So if anybody out there, if you're ever on your computer and you have Windows and it seems awfully slow... First thing you always do is go to speedtest.net and check your download speed. If you find that it is extremely, extremely low where something is obviously wrong, this is what you should try. You type in your computer services.msc. And if I'm talking fast, 
you know, say in a cassette player, you could rewind this just by hitting a button, but you go on your windows on your search box and you type in services.msc. Some people that use shortcuts, you could use the window shortcut and use window shortcut and a letter R. When you get into that menu, scroll down to where it says smart Byte network service. In fact, I recommend everybody to shut this off. I don't know why you would fucking ever need this. I went down there, I disabled it. Boom, 200 megabytes a second. So that's a little technical thing I think some of you out there may actually uh, would want to know about. So a couple other tidbits. And we're going to get out of here. Like I said, you know, we just did the DTKC show not even 48 hours ago. So, you know, I'm not going to start reporting just fucking rumor, stupid shit, you know, just to fill up time here. You know, it's always about quality, not just quantity. And that's the thing I'm always trying to convince my co-host on Mondays about. You know, I always tell him like, look, we could do a 60 minute show or a 70 minute show. We're not going to lose listeners over it. Let's have a tight good fun show then fucking spread it out for two two and a half hours just because we were fucking bored or you know just want to fill that time i don't think that anybody should ever do that but any anyway let me get back to a couple of things for those who are interested in watching impact this week matches that are announced johnny impact and eddie edwards versus moose and killer cross for the knockouts title tessa blanchard versus fabi apache lax versus the desi hit squad and brian cage versus jack Christ, you know, something I wanted to bring up also, we were talking about Kofi Kingston a little while ago. This actually just came across now. Kofi Kingston went on Twitter and really appreciated all the praise that he is getting and the congratulatories. And he just wanted to send a shout out and thankfulness to all the people that he had as his teammates while being a tag team champion over the years. And he included uh, in his tweet, Ron Killing, CM Punk, Evan Bourne, and obviously New Day. And CM Punk actually responded back to Kofi. And I didn't read what CM Punk wrote, uh, but a few people said that it was uh, a positive tweet. So that's really cool to see. Um, a lot of people that don't notice, uh, Kofi Kingston and CM Punk used to ride together way back in the day in the WWE. They are good friends. And there's not too many people in the WWE that CM Punk really, I think, still could calls friend. I think you know the stories over the last couple of years, but uh, very, very cool on CM Punk's part to show a little bit of appreciation back to uh, Kofi Kingston. I, li I like seeing that. You know, something else that happened earlier today as well. You know, not too much to read into it. I honestly don't know why he deleted it, but if you heard what I said earlier about Saudi Arabia being interested in Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan uh, sent a tweet earlier today as well. It had nothing to do with Saudi Arabia, but I don't know, it, for those who may have missed Raw on Monday, they have changed the opening intro where they show like the video and it says then, now, forever now. And Hulk Hogan is included on the, um, the beginning of Raw. So Hulk Hogan went on Twitter and he wrote, and I quote, no greater feeling than seeing myself back on the historic opening of Monday Night Raw. And about a minute later, he deleted it. So, you know, some people are saying that WWE told him to take it down. He literally deleted it one minute later. I sincerely doubt that someone within WWE saw the tweet contacted him within six, I'm telling you, within 60 seconds, he deleted the tweet. 
So for everybody out there that's saying that someone in WWE must have reached out to him and told him to delete it, just think of logistics. It isn't, it's no, not that fast. I think Hogan wrote it, did not want to get some controversial attention his way. You know, Hulk Hogan's smart. This is something that I have said for years and years and years. Sometimes when something is a topic for a particular wrestler, that could cause controversy for saying something, whether it's a positive comment or a negative comment. Sometimes you take a step back, you say nothing, and you let others say it for you. All right. And this way you let others be a mouthpiece. You're not telling them to say that, but you let them be the ones to bring it out there. And this way you don't get any negative attention to yourself. And in my opinion, that's probably what happened with Hulk Hogan. Just in his day and age, you know, when you tweet and delete, you know, people usually pick up on it anyway. So you really don't get away with uh, doing that anymore. Shout out to Justin Rebstock, John Miller, Mark Redman, John Steck, Ian Mitchell, John Coffey, Russell Sibinaller, Andrew914. By the way, for those who are fans of Epic Sports on YouTube, got a little surprise, a little announcement in a moment. Just uh Throw, throw this out of nowhere. Andrew914, Brandon Davidson, Zach Spoonamori, Chris Harris, Razorback Rob, Jerry Stewart, Magic Johnson, Paul Woods Jr., Rich Maharg, Adam Demoy, Diogo Nobre, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Brandon Foley, Charles Lentz, Villainous Havoc, Courtney Summers, Scott Woodford, Toby DeShong, Jason Pratt, Josh Wilson, Mandingo Chamberlain, Dan Hayes Valdez, Lucia Dalban, Sean DeMarsh, Bob O'Mac. Tim Everhart, Jeffrey Collins, Matt Militia, Mark Israel, James Gruesome, Anthony Smith, Atnihia, Aaron Kloss, Aaron Walker, Brent Webster, Hassan Al-Hashmi, John Stern, Nickel Time, Billy Taylor, and Croissant Tamale, the evil baker and food truck guy. I want to thank you for the support. As always, they are our associate producers on Patreon. They are the stockholders in what we do. They, along with all the patrons, are the reason why these shows are free. And you really are missing out on something special if you don't sign up on Patreon, even for one month. You'd be surprised if a bunch of you out there signed up for one month together. You know, you could download fucking two years worth of content and then leave after a month. But, you know, a little bit goes a long way with our expenses and, you know, the of what we do because it's fucking awesome. You're never obligated to have to contribute financially in what we do. But if you could sign up for a month, check it out. You could enter a couple of contests along the way and you could win money too. collectibles. It's a really cool page. And I know Kev Castle is doing his solo show, Castle Chronicles, Thursday night for those who are interested in that. But also consider these podcasts and websites uh, a shot as well. Um, all these places are free to check out. They are all awesome, and they all offer something unique and different to the table. Texas Podcast Massacre, an awesome, awesome website. You can find them on the same name on a website. They have a podcast as well. They focus on, like, horror films and B and C D-listed horror films that you've never even heard of. It is really a unique podcast. And Kev Castle was on there when they actually did the review of Roddy Piper's They Live Rocked Reviews, they do a podcast as well. Very unique, focusing on, I'd say, rock music and metal. Just a very unique way how they review their music, and it's very f funny and entertaining as well. Sneaker Addict, DJ Dells, 
You know, not only does he do podcasts about sneakers and reviewing sneakers, but he does talk wrestling, politics, sports as well. And it's some really, really interesting interviews there from wrestlers to rap artists. Very cool place. Uh, SubZeroComics.com for all your wrestling, comic book, and pop culture collectible needs. Christ in the Toyverse has a podcast. They review uh, figurines, collectibles, toys. They reviewed yours truly's bobblehead, which was fucking awesome. And it was so fun to watch. Your Best Bargains LLC has an Amazon store and an eBay store. I have actually bought several items from them. All different things. Just, you know, it's not any one particular thing. It's stuff for your house. It's collectible stuff. You got memorabilia, you know, everyday necessities. So go check it out. Their prices are very competitive. And you know what? You buy something from them that you can actually use and you're helping a local buddy, a local friend of the DTKC show and Brexit Blossy and everything else. And finally, Elman Shaw, he's got a display store. The link is on our website on a synopsis for all these episodes. He does pop culture artwork on metal. I actually ordered the one with all of the video game nostalgia. So if you go check him out, Elman Shaw, again, you'll find the link on our website, dontony.com. And with that, I think we're just about done. Oh, I said this a couple of minutes ago. You know, I, I know TV Tracks is not around. I hope he comes back. He was, no doubt, I mean, there's not even a, a dispute. He was the biggest supporter for what we do on social media and YouTube. The amount of work that this guy put in to put our shows up, clips, Solo Monsters, other shows as well. It is an insane amount of work. And, you know, I don't know what happened, to be honest with you. I, I spoke to him about three months ago, and he said he was going to take a little bit of a physical and mental break from this. And he hasn't returned since. I don't know if he was the victim of the, you know, what they did on YouTube with advertising. Because the amount of work that this guy put in, I mean, you you got to get some type of revenue out of it. So I don't know what happened. Um, all I will tell you, and I've said this before, the episodes I do of This Week in Wrestling History, by far, is the hardest show I've ever had to do because of the research. You know, so, but it's fun. I'm re, you know, hashing history. I'm listening and watching things that I haven't seen in a very long time. I'm learning things that I didn't know before. So it is a boatload of work. And I'm saying to myself, what he did is even harder. Because if you think about the shows that we do, two hours on Monday, hour to an hour and a half here, two hours for Solo Monster and other shows, in order for him to post clips of our discussions and any of the other shows, he has to sit there and listen to all of these podcasts because how does he know about the discussions if he doesn't listen to it? So this guy had to have listened to 10 to 20 hours of shows a week before he even starts splicing and uploading and posting things. And um, he disappeared. So I hope he's doing well and I hope he gets the drive to come back and I'm sure everybody will welcome him back with open arms. Epic sports. He's got a YouTube channel as well. Huge supporter of what we do. Similar to TV tracks, maybe a little bit smaller. But since we, we've we never done one on Epic Sports' channel before, let's do one. I'm going to announce it right now that, let's say, two weeks from today, October 10th, for the next edition of Breakfast with Blasi, we will do 
a Epic Sports version of Ask Me Anything. Now, how does that work? Plain and simple. I'm sure Epic Sports, when he hears this, he's going to post this as a thread, as a video on YouTube. Go to his channel on YouTube, Epic Sports. Find this clip of what I'm saying right now and post your questions there. Just keep them short and brief. Ask me anything, rapid fire, just quick, quick, quick stuff. Because, you know, I'm not going to sit here for four hours answering questions. And if anybody remembers the ones they did with TV Tracks' channel, there are hundreds and hundreds of questions posted. And I try to answer everybody's. I don't like leaving anybody out. I just uh, always want to include everybody. So keep your questions very, very short. The shorter they are, the more you can ask. If you could ask rapid fire stuff, that's even better because I don't even have to think and I could just answer it quickly and get out of there. So, uh, and look, for everybody listening, if you're going to say to me, oh, I don't have YouTube, uh, you know, how can I be part of it? Well, then you can't. We'll do another Ask Me Anything, you know, for non-YouTubers down the line. In fact, on Patreon, uh, I think we may be doing it around Thanksgiving, but we're going to do a special Ask Us Anything on Patreon, and it's going to feature uh, yours truly, Mish, and Kevin Castle. So that should be a lot of fun. But anyway, with that said, I'm out of here. I know we only did 50 minutes today. I'm sorry that it's a little shorter, but I'm not going to start just posting bullshit stuff over here just for filler. I wanted to get into those discussions I did at the very beginning, and I wanted to elaborate a little bit more about the Brie Bella stuff, some of the fallout since then, and even a lot of the feedback from the Sasha Banks thing. So, you know, my apologies again to anyone who is a huge supporter of Sasha Banks and just feels like, you know, it's her privacy and, you know, we should respect it. Again, I probably wouldn't even said a word if it wasn't for those cryptic tweets, you know, and again, if you think that I'm making it up, go on her Instagram and just look at the responses that were posted when she made those cryptic tweets. You know, I, I think a lot of you out there believe that she's got a huge following of young, young fans, female fans, kids, you know, maybe that's not, the demo that she was going for when she went to WWE, you know, you'd kind of think that Bailey is the one that would corner that, but no, she's got a lot of young girls who idolize her and really look up to her. And I totally respect that. But when you see little kid after little kid, after little kid, after little kid, you know, who are really, really upset and concerned and fearing the worst for Sasha Banks, I just think that's wrong. You know, but again, it's just my opinion. It doesn't mean that I'm right and she's wrong. I'm just telling you how I feel about it. I just don't like, you know, seeing little kids played like that. You know, little kids are supposed to be innocent. You know, you're someone in a business and you see a little kid and the little kid is, you know, looking up to you and idolizes you and wants to take a picture, you know, and you're in an environment where, you know, all right, you know, and just, I don't care if the father's a dick, like I said on Monday, just take the damn picture, suck it up. You know, if you're in, in a situation where you're very, very private with family, that's different. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Thank God I don't have to deal with that at all. But, um, you know, it must be very hard for these uh, superstars, celebrities and very famous people have to go through that 24-7. I do see a lot of interviews over the years where people say, I wish for a week that I could walk around and nobody recognize who I am. You know, it must really weigh on them. But again, 
you know, you're a baby face, kids, that's, you know, you got to make an exception in my opinion. So anyway, I'm out of here. Everyone follow me on Twitter at Don Tony D. The website, dontony.com. Email me, dontony at dontony.com. Facebook.com slash DTKC show. And once again, patreon.com slash dontony. Little as $5, you get everything. Contests, giveaways, early releases of shows, Patreon exclusive podcasts, retro uh, mass maniac shows, lost episodes in a minority report. I'm going to be posting another old hotline uh, report that I did about 20 years ago. And I am going to post another episode of the mass maniac show next week. I uh, got a couple of them that I'm just improving the uh, audio quality a little bit. So they're much more aesthetically uh, pleasing to the ears over there. So it'll be a lot of fun. So everyone I'm out of here. I will be back in two weeks, which will be October 10th. Yes, we will do the ask me anything from Epic sports. I will also get into news and discussion. So, you know, I'm sure the episode will be a little bit longer than usual, but we will not neglect anything that is going on in the world of pro wrestling. It will not just be an ask me anything episode. So I promise you all that. All right, everyone be well. I'll talk to you all soon. Ciao. Support the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show on Patreon. Get access to thousands of hours of back episodes. Get bonus episodes and exclusive shows. Castle Chronicles. Breakfast Soup. Pay-per-view recaps. DVDs. Miracuzzi. Tattoos. And more. Support the show that's entertained millions for over 16 years. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Once again, Patreon.com slash Don Tony.